Good morning. How are you guys today? It's good to see you. Thanks for coming up. Today, we're going to talk about big word. You ready? Authority. Now, some of you know what authority is, and some of you don't know what authority is, so I'm going to help you understand what authority is. You guys all have authorities, and they live in your house. They're called mom and dad. Mom and dad are God's gift to you. And because God gave you mom and dad, mom and dad get to tell you what to do. Even if you don't like it when mom and dad tell you what to do, mom and dad get to tell you what to do because God has placed them in authority over you. They are responsible for you and they are there to take care care of you. Now, you know, sometimes we don't like authority. Sometimes we don't like it when other people tell us what to do. We don't like it when mom and dad tell us what to do. We don't like it when the government tells us what to do. But today we're going to learn that when God places authority over us, he does it for our good. We're going to be reminded that even the times when we don't like authority is sinful, sin that Jesus came to take care of with his death on the cross. We're going to be reminded that Jesus perfectly obeyed authority every moment of his life, even when he allowed the authorities to crucify him for your sins and mine. Today, we're going to ask God to help us appreciate and be thankful for his gift of authority. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we ask you to forgive us for all the times that we have not listened to our mom and dad for all the times that we have not been grateful for those you have placed in authority over us. Forgive us for not only disobeying them, but for disobeying you as we disobey them. We know that you do forgive us, dear Savior, and we thank you for doing so. Help us to better appreciate your gift of authority today. In your name we pray, amen. A portion of God's word that we'll focus our attention on for a while today comes from Paul's letter to the church in Rome, chapter 13. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. This is the word of our God. Let's pray. 
Dear Lord, may my words be your words and your words alone, whether they like them or like them not. In Jesus' name, amen. I suppose if, if I do my job this morning and I speak only the words of God and you don't like them, that's fine. If I speak my own ideas, my own words, and you don't like them, then I suppose I have a problem. But again, if I do my job and I speak to you what God says and what God says alone about the government then I frankly could care less if you don't like what I have to say. I'm guessing you've heard these words before, but I'm not sure if you fully grasped them. Listen to verse 1 again. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established the authorities that exist have been established by God. It literally says, let every soul. Are you a part of every soul? Yeah. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. So you are to be subject to the governing authorities. For there is, how many authorities? No authority except that which God has established. And in case you haven't understood this quite yet, the authorities that do exist have been established by God. All of them. Whether you like them or not, whether you voted for them or not, they have been established by God. Now, to be fair, we, we as good Lutherans do follow the principle of letting Scripture interpret Scripture. And so we realize that there are more than one Scripture that speak about the government and our relationship with them. A wise professor once said, if you're going to spend time focusing on Romans chapter 13, it's also a good idea to spend some time focusing on Revelation chapter 13. Now, we're not going to spend a ton of time in Revelation chapter 13 because we could spend the next four hours talking about Revelation chapter 13, and some of you might like it if we did that. But we're just going to spend a few minutes on Revelation 13. The two headings in my Bible are the beast out of the sea and the beast out of the earth. Just listen to a couple select portions of this first section describing the beast out of the sea. The dragon, referring to Satan, gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast People worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast and they also worshipped the beast and asked, who is like the beast? Who can wage war against it? Now this beast out of the sea is often referred to as the political beast. It's originally the Roman government, the one that was oppressing God's people in the early days of the Christian church, but really it's any government that is worshipped due to its great power. And you heard in here that the dragon, Satan, has given 
power, his power and his throne and great authority to this political beast, that does not mean that Romans 13 somehow went away. That does not mean that God did not establish this authority. It just means that the authority which God has established is also being influenced by Satan and given a dose of Satan's power as well. So on the one hand, do we care about corruption? Sure. If the government is promoting lies of Satan and calling that which is good evil and that which is evil good, do we care? Yes, yes. But what is our role in this? This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the lamb who was slain from the creation of the world, whoever has ears, let them hear. If anyone goes into captivity, into captivity they will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword they will be killed. Again, this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. It does not say this calls for rebellion on the part of God's people. It does not say this calls for you to rise up against the, t- the tyrants does not call the tyrants good. It calls for patient endurance. That you and I would endure faithfully, holding to the truth, proclaiming what God says, no matter what would happen to us. This calls for endurance, not rebellion. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason, they are God's servants agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. I'd like to pause here for a moment and do something a little different. Not looking for a show of hands, not looking for audible responses. I'm going to read a number of agree or disagree statements. And I'm just going to let them hang there for a moment. And I want you to to identify whether you agree with the statement, disagree with the statement, or want to be a fence sitter and not agree or disagree. Ready? First two are easy. Agree or disagree, speed limits are for your good. Agree or disagree. Stop lights, stop signs are for your good. A little harder one. Agree or disagree? Obergefell versus Hodges, the 2015 U.S. Supreme Court decision which requires states to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples is for your good. Agree or disagree? 
The fact that Roe v. Wade was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2022, thereby returning to the states the right to craft legislation for or against the practice of abortion is for your good. Agree or disagree? The First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which protects your right to free speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, is for your good. Agree or disagree? The Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which protects your right to bear arms, is for your good. Agree or disagree? The right government is able to solve the problems we face. Agree or disagree? The results of American politics are at best a temporary good. One more. Agree or disagree? The reason some on the right and some on the left become so savage is because politics is all they've got. Can God use a morally corrupt government to do you good? Of course he can. Of course he can. If God says it is in your best interest for you to be persecuted for your faith, do you think it's in your best interest for you to be persecuted for your faith? If it is in your best interests to have less freedoms now than you once enjoyed before, do you think that is actually for your good? If God says it is better for you to be forced to wrestle with why you believe what you believe, do you think God will use that for your good? If God thinks it is best for you to be thrown in jail, will that be for your good? If God thinks it is best for a knife to be put to your throat, do you think that will be for your good? Of course. We have to get it out of our mind that it's a certain kind of government that is the kind of government that carries out the will of God and a different kind of government that does not. This is too narrow of a view, brothers and sisters. Far too narrow of a view. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. This is not to say it is wrong for you to know the laws of the land, to hire for yourself a financial advisor who can help you better understand how the laws of the land work for you in your situation. It is not wrong to play by the rules and to give some of your money to charity before it is taxed. But when it comes time to pay your taxes, pay them and do so cheerfully. And enough of this dishonor of those in authority over you that you don't like. 
Enough of the four-letter words and the crafty little epithets. If you owe honor, give honor, and you do, so give it. If you owe respect, then respect, give it. Repent of the times that you have been ungrateful and downright disrespectful toward the representatives that God has established in authority over you and turn to Jesus to be forgiven. Turn to the one who perfectly submitted to authority, even corrupt authority, Turn to the one who endured a trial by night against the very laws of the Sanhedrin who tried him. Bring yourself to the one who submitted to the one who had been given authority from God himself and had no authority except that which God had given to him, the Roman governor Pontius Pilate, who submitted even to that man's executioner's sword. Come to the Jesus who willingly submitted to the governing authorities even when they were wrong. Come to the Lamb of God who was crucified for the sins of the world, including those times when you disobeyed your parents, including those times when you were disrespectful of those God has placed in authority over you because you somehow thought you were right and God was wrong. Turn to Jesus and be forgiven. Turn to Jesus and know that because of his submission to the government, you are forgiven. You don't want chaos. I think you know that, but maybe we often forget just how chaotic things can be. I don't know if you heard about this or not, but this past week in Watertown, Wisconsin, where our daughter Olivia goes to school, a man was shot dead by police on the edge of their campus. Turns out it appears he was in no way, shape, or form a threat to the people of the campus, to the students there and the professors there. Seems like there was a break-in somewhere in Watertown earlier that day, late morning hours, and the police had been on the hunt for this man. And either they found him hiding in the parking lot there or they chased him there and it ended there. We're not quite sure yet. But he got out of the car and they shot him dead. I know a man who served as a missionary in Africa. He tells stories about the chaos there, that the government was so weak that if you needed the police, you had to go find them and bring them to you yourself. Here, we have police who are actively working on our behalf even when we have no idea that they are. For approximately four hours, there were police working to protect my child. I had no idea. I had no clue. You are so blessed. You are so blessed. For all the corruption, for all the sin, for all the wickedness, for all the power that Satan has given to the government, you are still blessed. 
God blesses you day after day with protections and freedoms that so many have never known, have never experienced. Be thankful. Be thankful for what you have. Pay your taxes. Pay honor. Pay respect. Knowing that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, that he is in control of everything and he will always always work for your good. Amen.